lost my job and was demoted to the position of teaching pastor at another church. So yeah, I have to preach to uh, adults now, which is a huge bummer. Uh, because I really love preaching to students. I loved being a youth pastor. It will be with me forever. I love talking eye to eye with teenagers, helping you guys understand who God is and what the Bible says about who God is and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's a privilege to drive almost four hours to be here. Um, Really, it's a joy. I'm excited. So thank you so much, Shay, for giving me this opportunity and thank my, uh, my guys in the back for driving by whenever I make a critical, very pointed heart point. So, um, yeah, I, I paid them too to come with me. Anyways, um, our family, I am married. I have three children. I have a five-year-old daughter and a three-year-old boy. And I have another child growing in the womb right now. My wife is due in August. So, She's very pregnant right now, and she's about to burst, but she's got a month left, and so we're excited to welcome our third child, it's a boy, into the world. But my family, we just got back from Hawaii yesterday. How many of you have been to Hawaii? Oh yeah, it is beautiful in Hawaii. So that's why I'm a little bit, I'm bronzer than I would be without going to Hawaii previously, but I will never, ladies and gentlemen, be as bronze as Jack Tote. Jack Tote is the bronzest of us all, for sure, right? Am I right, Emmy? Oh, yeah. He's a bronze Hercules. He's part Cherokee, isn't he? Isn't he like part Indian? Where is he? Anyways, that's a little, little token to Jack. He's done. He's, he's, he's clocked out. All right. Hey, I got to ask you students, talk to me a little bit. Where do you go for a good burger? Talk to me. Where do you go for a good burger? In and out, hands down. Thank you, sir. We don't need to hear any other burger contestants. In and out beats them all. Okay. Um, where do you go for a good chicken sandwich? I haven't heard it yet. Keep going. No. What? Popeyes. The lady in the back. Popeye's no competition, okay? What's Chick-fil-A? I've never heard of it. Popeye's superior sandwich, hands down. It is the best chicken sandwich in my book around town. And I know, I know that's a controversial, controversial opinion. All right, here's another one. Where do you go for a good laugh? A good laugh. Come on, hey, no, I know you know some of these YouTubers. Where do you go for a good laugh? You guys are afraid to say it. I don't, what's YouTube? I don't watch YouTube. Ed, dude, Ed Bassmaster, for sure, right? Ed Ed Bassmaster, the mumbling videos? Oh, if you don't know, you don't know. If you know, you know. It's the best. It's the place to find a good laugh. All right. Uh, Where do you go for car trouble? This one's pretty easy, generic. Your dad, mechanic, right? Where do you go when you have car trouble, a mechanic? Where do you go if you've got body aches, you've got a broken limb, you've got a torn labrum, you go to a doctor, so on and so forth. All right, you guys are tracking with me. You're thinking at least, all right? All right, so you guys get the point. Where do you go is my question. And uh, you go different places for different needs, for different desires. Let me ask you this. 
Where do you go when you're spiritually hurting? Where do you go when you're anxious? Where do you go when you're really tired? Maybe not physically, but emotionally. Where do you go when you have relationship problems? Where do you go when you're spiritually hungry? And you're all hungry. I know you're hungry. I'm not talking about physically hungry. I'm talking about spiritually hungry. Young people want and want and want. You all have a lot of desire. Desire for different things, right? You have different interests, different things in your life that you really want really bad. I know you're hungry. I know you are because I could just say, hey, give me your phone. I'll show you that you're hungry. You eat a lot, don't you? You eat a lot. You participate in a lot of things that you think, young person, will satisfy you. And where do you go with those desires? Where do you go? Is it, is it social media? Is it YouTube? Is it Netflix, Hulu, whatever streaming app you have? Where do you go with these desires? Do you go to friends? Do you go to a dating relationship or one that you want? Where do you go? with these desires that you have, young person. Think about it. Every person might go to a different place, but here's the sad reality. If I were to actually have you guys give me your phone, do you know how much screen time on average the average teenager spends on, on their screen? Maybe you don't want to know. I'll give you the stat. It's over eight hours. Average teenager, over eight hours. Do you guys remember how many hours are in the day? 24. So what's eight of 24? That's a third. That's 33.3333333% of your day, the average teenager, is spent looking at a screen. You don't do anything else in your life for more time than, more than eight hours. You don't. You don't go to school more than eight hours. You don't hang out with family more than eight hours every day. In fact, I would bet most of you here don't sleep eight hours in the night. Some of you might, but most of you probably don't. That means you spend, on average, the average teenager spends more time on their phone or looking at a screen than anything else in life. That's today's generation. That's your generation. So where do you go? Where do you go? Maybe it's your phone. Maybe you're one of those guys. You're like, I don't, I don't use social media. I don't look at my phone. I'm a wild man. I'm a hunter. I'm a gatherer. I go out into the, you know, the outdoors because I live in Kingsburg. I swim the river every day. But everybody has something. Everybody has something, right, that they go to. Where do you go? Where do you go? Every single one of us has an idol that we feed. We're always hungry and never satisfied. In fact, most of the things we go to rip us off. Um, on my honeymoon, me and my wife, we went to New York. We went to New York City. It was super fun. Where is he coming from? Here he is. This guy's shredding. 
Um, no, there he goes. So anyways, we went to New York City on our honeymoon. Me and my wife saw all the sights, you know, Statue of Liberty, uh, Empire State Building. We walked downtown, Times Square. It was awesome. We really liked it. We ate a lot of really good food. So we went, we took a subway out to Coney Island. Have, have any of you been to Coney Island in New York? A couple of you, okay? You guys have seen the movies, right? Coney Island, it's the amusement park right on the water there. It's that beach town that seems kind of cool. It's got like all these crazy people and crazy things. It seems like it would be a crowded place. You know, it's an amusement park. It's a popular maybe landmark or place in New York. We went there. We took the subway out to Coney Island. When we got off the subway, there were maybe like three people in that entire town or city. It was spooky. It was eerie. Like it was one of those scenes where like it's a ghost town and you see like the flyer twirling across the street because of the wind. It was scary. But there was one guy that came up to us. He had a top hat on and he had this big rain jacket. And he walks us up to us real creeper-like. Thank you. He walks up to us real creeper-like and he says, Hey, I'm a magician and I'll show you a trick for $10. 10 bucks. Would you give him 10 bucks for a trick? You would run away from that guy, right? Not me. Not me. Newly married. We got some cash from our, from our dance, right? At the wedding, the honeymoon dance. We're like, all right. So I, I paid the guy 10 bucks. The guy pulls out a deck of cards and shows me probably the most basic card trick of all time. I could have replicated the same trick right after I saw him do it. And then he says, you want to see another trick? $20. So I pulled out my wallet. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I didn't. I knew this guy was ripping me off. I knew it. So I said, no way. I walked away. But imagine, imagine if I gave him 20 bucks. And then he says, after that lame trick, he says, hey, for $100, I'll show you another trick and then another $100, and then another $100, and it keeps going and going. You, friend, would tell me, Morgan, you're a fool. You're getting ripped off. That first trick wasn't worth $10. The ones after that are not going to be worth $20, not going to be worth $100. Stop. That's foolish. Look at young person, teenager, look at me. You're getting ripped off. You're searching for pleasure. You're looking for something to give you joy and satisfaction, and you're looking in the wrong places. If you're turning to things like social media, if you're turning to things like relationships, like friendships that you idolize, hobbies, sports, whatever, let me tell you kindly, you're getting ripped off because those things will never satisfy. Those things will never give your soul rest. You know, sometimes we need to be shook up. Like, we need my daughter, Joelle. I don't know if she has a hearing problem. But I say, Joelle, and I give her a command. And she just doesn't change or do anything. It's like she never heard me. I say, Joelle, 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 Joelle. We'll scream five, ten times. And finally, she turns around. Sometimes I have to grab my daughter gently by the face, look at her eyes, and say, Joelle, look at me. Look at me and listen to Daddy and obey my words. Students, tonight, the Lord Jesus, through his word, 
is going to grab you by the face and say, look at me, listen to me, and obey my command. Student, obey this verse. Do what this verse tells you to do, and you will find life everlasting. You will be satisfied. You will no longer be hungry, no longer be thirsty. You will find rest for your soul. So I hope you really listen to the word of God tonight. It's like Jesus has grabbed you by the head and looked into your eyes and said, listen and obey. Listen and obey. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Here is the answer to the question, where do I go when? Where do I go when I'm spiritually hurting? Where do I go with my life troubles? Where do I go for joy, pleasure, satisfaction? Where do I go when I'm spiritually hungry? Here is the answer. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through uh, 30. Says this, listen to these words like you've never heard them before. Come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to me, Jesus says, with your troubles. Come to me with your hunger. Come to me when you thirst. Come to me when you want. Come to me when you've got nothing left. Come to me, Jesus says, all who are weary and heavy laden. You have to understand the context of this passage to get the really emotional intensity of this passage. Jesus has just spoken a strong rebuke against the Pharisees. You guys know who the Pharisees are? Maybe you don't. The Pharisees were the goody two-shoes of the Bible. They obeyed all the laws. They did everything externally right according to Jewish law and tradition. But these men were very far from God. And Jesus condemns them. He says, woe to you. Woe to you. And then he even goes to the cities. Woe to these cities that are unrepentant. They have not truly changed from the heart. Maybe you're doing everything right on the outside. Maybe you look good in society. Maybe you have money, prestige. But their hearts were very far from God. These, were, these would have been like the church people, maybe, of Jesus' time. Again, those who had lives put together who had some wealth, has some status in the community. These would be those people that you would think, yeah, Jesus would spend time with them. These are the influencers. This is the popular crowd. These are the people, if anybody's going to be saved, it's these people. No, that's not what happens. Jesus rebukes them for not repenting. That is not turning from sin in their hearts. Jesus rebukes them for their unbelief. They did not believe in him, the true Messiah. And then Jesus, in that same crowd, he sees the weak. He sees those with burdens. These are most likely the outcasts of the society in that time. Probably the prostitutes, the tax collectors, 
the poor, the blind. Those kinds of people. The people that you think, ah, yeah, those people are a little odd. They're a little off. They sit by themselves at lunch. Those are the people we try to kind of try to avoid. I was just driving through Inglewood. I don't know why. Uh, I was driving home from LAX. You guys know Inglewood? It goes Inglewood, Compton. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a great area. Uh, driving right through the city, right, right down the, the main highway. And this guy came out, and he was obviously on drugs, tattoos everywhere, and he was, holding, he was holding his belt like this, but his hand underneath his shirt. So I thought, man, this guy's packing. I'm done. He was going up to each of the cars that were stopped on the, at the red light, and he was banging on the window and trying to tell them something. And I thought, oh, great. We're done. We're toast on our way back from LAX. This is just yesterday. Sure enough, he bangs on our window. He says something we could not hear. We're just like, just ignore him, just ignore him, just ignore him. He walks away. Oof, all right, we're good. You know what? Guys like that, guys that look like that, guys that we try to avoid in society, guys and girls, those are probably the people Jesus spent a lot of time with. A lot of those people we see in the Old Test or see in the New Testament, they were healed by Jesus. Jesus had compassion on them. He felt pity for them. And this is what he says to those who know that they're weak and they know they have burdens. He says, Come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Here's what you have to understand, student. In order to come to Christ, you need to know that you are weary and heavy laden. In order to come to Jesus, you need to know that you have burdens. You have a significant burden on your back. You think, no way, my life's great. I live in the great city of Kingsburg. I've got this great river. My family's well off. I go to a good school, or I'm homeschooled, so I'm a little bit you know, top tier, because homeschoolers are a little bit better than public schoolers. I don't know. That's what I heard. You think, my life's great. I am not weary. I do not have burdens. Yes, you do. Jesus says this. Well, first of all, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is a sinner, right? And Jesus says, if you've sinned, you're not just a sinner, you're a slave to sin in the book of John. So it's not just that, you know, you have a little mark on your life. It's like a little black dot. Oh, I'm just a, I'm a sinner. I'll confess that. Yeah, I've, I've lusted. Yeah, I've told a lie. Yeah, I've been angry with somebody in my heart. I'm kind of bad, but I'm mostly good. No, no, no. Jesus says if you've sinned, you're a slave to it. Imagine somebody in shackles. Shackles on their wrists, shackles on their ankles. That's who you are, sinner. A slave to the sin. You can't stop it. You can't beat it. You can't conquer it. That sin, that idolatry owns your heart. Whatever it is, it's different for each individual. You know exactly what it is as I'm speaking these words right now. You know what sin dominates your life. And if you don't have Christ, you're a slave to it, shackled to it. That is the burden that you carry. Every single one of us has carried it at some point. The burden of sin, the guilt that comes with it, the shame. Every single one of us has it. These Pharisees didn't get it. They didn't think they had it. They were proud. But look at what James 4, uh, 6 says. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 1 Corinthians 1, God chose the foolish things of the world 
to shame the wise. God chose the weak things to shame the things that are strong. Jesus said himself, it's not those who are healthy that need a physician, but those who are what? Sick. Jesus came for those who knew they needed help. And student, you need to understand tonight, before you come to Jesus with your troubles, you've got to admit to yourself that you have them. You've got troubles. Some of you deal with anxiety. Some of you have been given over to lust. Some of you have, you have bitterness, anger built up in your heart that you will not get rid of. Jealousy, covetousness that dominates your life. You're shackled. You're enslaved to it. Can I get a volunteer? What about you in the hat? I won't make you do anything crazy. Yeah, you. Were you the drummer? Yeah. Dude, phenomenal. Good chops. I used to drum before I was demoted to youth pastor, and I was demoted even further to teaching pastor. So stay a drummer. Don't leave. All right. What's your name? Owen. Owen. Is that a, is that a valuable shirt? All right, good. Why don't you put this on your shoulders? Okay. And just hold this for a little bit, all right? That's a 300-pound bag. No, I'm just kidding. It's maybe like 30, 30 pounds there. Here's the illustration. Every single one of us carries this around with us in life. Now, Owen, he's a strong lad. He can probably hold this thing for, how do you think, how long do you think, Owen? Five minutes. Five minutes. No, I'm all kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. I'll give you five minutes, all right? Let's see if you last, all right? So Owen here, representing all of us, carries maybe two minutes. Okay, I'll give you two minutes. I'll try to rush through this point so that I can... Just hold it there. Do not drop it. You can't drop it. I'm kidding. Great. Every single one of us carries around this burden. No matter how wise, strong, healthy we think we are, we all have one. And this burden of sin enslaves us. It is heavy. The burdens of past experiences, unjust experiences, memories that haunt you, horrible things people have said to you, horrible things people have done to you. So you have been the victim of certain crimes and sins, but you're not just a victim, you are the perpetrator as well. You have committed crimes of lying, of lust, of murder in the heart, anger towards people, anxiousness, unbelief. The psalmist writes in Psalm 38, My iniquities are, are gone over my head as heavy burden. They weigh too much for me. I'm badly crushed. This is what sin does in every single one of our lives. You know this. Some of you are brushing it under the rug. You've got a seared conscience, and so the sins that you commit over and over and over again, they no longer hurt you the way they did at first. But you still carry a burden. You still have committed a grave crime against God, the God who created you, and you carry this burden around with you everywhere you go. Have you felt this kind of weight before, student? Have you really grasped the reality of your sin? Do you understand that sin is not just breaking God's rules, it is breaking his heart? It is a personal offense against God. And this is the burden we all carry? Do you identify yourself as truly weary and heavy laden? Now, what do you do with that kind of weight? Where do you go, student? What did Jesus say? He says, come to me. Come to me. 
with your weight. Come to me with your burden of sin, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do you know what a yoke is? Good job, Owen. Do you know what a yoke is? It's not the yellow thing in the egg. The yoke that he's talking about is this long wooden beam that you would essentially shackle the necks of two oxen next to you. You guys are farmers. You should know what a yoke is, right? The yoke over the two oxen keeps them together so that they can plow forward and they share the strength together, right? Both ox. The yoke enables them to share the weight, share the burden. And so what does Jesus say? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest. He says rest. Do you see that? Typically, a yoke enables us to share the burden. You know what Jesus does? Give me the weight. He takes it off completely. He provides rest. It's as if Jesus didn't just, oh, you're not done yet, dude. You got to do push-ups with this thing. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus doesn't share the burden with us. Jesus doesn't expect us to do any work. Jesus takes it off of our shoulder and says, I will give you rest. It's as if I take the burden off of Owen and then I put some helium in his, in his flip-flops and he's floating. Find relief. You find your burden totally gone, cast aside. That's what Jesus said. He, he takes the burden. And then he says, learn from me. Do you see that in the passage? He says, learn from me. Essentially, walk with me. We don't just come to Jesus and say, all right, here you go, Jesus, take care of that, thanks again, and then walk away. No, no, no. When you come to Jesus, when you embrace him, he takes your burden off of you and he says, come with me, follow me, learn from me. I wish we had a yoke to kind of describe this, but that's the point is that Owen doesn't just leave right away, but then he walks with Jesus, he follows Jesus, he's yoked to him, but doesn't carry any weight. That's what Jesus is offering in this passage. Relief from your burden and a new master, a new Lord to follow and serve. Thanks, Owen. You can go down. Round of applause for Owen, dude. Woo! So faith in Jesus, listen, student, is entering a yoked relationship with him. One which you don't leave and he doesn't leave you. So listen, student, if Jesus denies himself and takes up his cross, then so will you. If Jesus loves people unconditionally, then so will you if you claim to follow Christ. If he brings relationships back together, then so will you in your life. If he submits to governing authorities, then so will you. If Jesus brings peace, then so will you. You're yoked to him if you've truly come to him. I am his and he is mine, the old hymn says. But here I have this heavy weight. What does Jesus do with it? Does Jesus take all of our sin and burden and just sweep it under the rug and go, all right, I'll just act like that didn't happen? No. What does Jesus do? He takes the sin and the burden of all of his people, all of us sinners who trust in him, have faith in him. He takes all of those burdens And 1 Peter 2.24 tells us what he does with them. Listen to these words. Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live 
to righteousness. By his wounds you are healed. Isaiah 53 tells us what he does with our burdens. He says, surely our griefs he himself bore. And our sorrows he carried. He was crushed. Crushed under the weight of our iniquities. Student, you don't just walk up to Jesus, hand him your sins and say, "Uh, forgive me for my sins, pray the prayer and then walk away like nothing happened. When you come to Jesus and you truly throw your burdens down before him, you understand. Whoa. I'll keep going. I think we lost power. Listen, you understand that that man, that champion, took my sin on the cross and he dealt with it so I wouldn't have to. He suffered the consequence for my sin so that I wouldn't have to. He suffered what would be an eternity of hell for me in my place. That's what Jesus did on the cross. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his sacrifice, we're saved. And Jesus didn't just stay dead. You know this. Jesus, the true champion, the only one, conquered sin and death and rose from the grave three days later. And he left that burden of sin in the grave, dealt with. You are justified if you would trust in Christ. So you think, man, what credit? How how can Jesus say, come to me? Who's he? Who's this man that could take my troubles? Who's this man that could take all of my sin? You don't know what I've committed, Lord. You don't know what kind of sins I've committed. You don't know what I've thought. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. Jesus goes, yeah, yeah, I know. Come to me. I am worthy. I'm God. I can take your sins. I'm going to pay for them on the cross. And he did. That is the champion, Jesus Christ. No burden is too heavy. No sin is too great for our Savior to pay for in his perfect sacrifice on the cross. And what's the result, student? What's the result? If you go to Jesus with your burdens, if you go to him with your sin, if you go to him truly in faith and you say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I want to cast my anxiety here. I want to cast my lust here. I want to cast all, those, all these desires here. What does he promise you? Look at the text. I will give you rest. You will find rest. Do you believe that, student? Do you really believe that? Let me tell you, if you did believe that, you would not be going to social media for it. If you truly believe that Jesus would give you rest, you're not going to look for it in a relationship. You're not going to look for it in friendships. You're not going to look for it at Netflix, in Netflix. You're not going to look for it in your idol. You will what? Go to Jesus. You'll come to him for that, for the rest of your souls. The theme verse that you guys have here, Isaiah 12, 3, says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You know, I think a lot of kids come through church. A lot of kids are raised in a Christian home, and they leave their home still not believing that they will find joy in Jesus. Many of them, even statistically, walk away from the faith, Because they don't believe that the true rest for their souls is in Jesus Christ. Student, let me take you just 
by the head, just like I did to my daughter, and say, listen to Jesus. When he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, believe him. Listen to his words and obey him. If you have not yet come to Christ by faith, do so tonight. Don't leave here without coming to faith in Christ. And some of you students who do have a relationship with Jesus, sometimes you forget. Oh, thank you. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you go back to those idols, those sins, that old way of life, and you think, you kind of go back to those old habits. That's not the way you should go. You as a Christian should follow Christ. You're yoked with him, remember? Take my yoke upon upon you and learn from me, he says. Walk with me and you'll find rest for your souls. Let me just quote with it or end with this quote from the Pilgrim's Progress. You may have heard the story. It's a great illustration of the Christian life, of coming to faith in Christ and following him. And it starts with Christian, the main character. He has what on his back? He has a heavy burden. You remember the story? And where does that burden come off? Here's the quote. Listen, as Christian came up to the cross, his burden loosened from off his shoulders and it fell from his back. It began to tumble and so continued to do until it came to the mouth of the tomb where it fell in and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad and lightsome and said with a merry heart, He hath given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. Then Christian gave three leaps for joy and went on singing. Thus far did I come laden with my sin. Nor could I ease the grief that I was in till I came hither. What a place is this. Must here be the beginning of my bliss. Must here the burden fall from off my back. Must here the strings that bound it to me crack. Blessed cross. Blessed tomb. Blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. Have you come to Jesus? Where do you go? Where do you go with the burdens of your life, with the sins that you carry, the guilt and the shame? Where will you go? There's only one place. Only one place to have that burden removed. It's in Jesus. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this privilege to preach the gospel to students. Thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross which loosened our burden of sin and took care of it. Thank you for Jesus, the champion, who did not just die on the cross, but rose again from the dead three days later. That is the gospel. That is the only way of salvation. I pray for every student here tonight that they would trust in Christ truly. They would stop going to the wrong places for satisfaction, for rest, for the pleasure that they're looking for. That they would find true joy in Jesus Christ alone. God, I pray that you'd help each student here wrestle with that. God, just a a massive praise and thanksgiving for the students here who do know Christ. 
who have found rest for their souls, they know where they should go. And they've been there to the cross of Christ. I pray that they would cling to the cross. That they would not go far from the cross of Christ. They would not forget. They would always remember to go to Jesus with their troubles, with their sin, with their burdens. pray that you bless these students and be with them in their small group times. In Jesus' name, amen.